Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Time to talk cricket now. There's a lot happening in the men's T20 World Cup. The warm-up match between Australia and India is drawing towards its conclusion. Now, I know there's not a lot on the line when it comes to warm-up matches, but still worth noting at the Gabba. Australia needing 11 off the last over to prevail against India. India posted 7 for 1. 186 off their 20 overs. And in terms of their key contributors, KL Rahul with 57 off 33 deliveries, six fours and three sixes underpinning his innings. Yadav with a half century as well. Four wickets to Kay Richardson. He stood out with the ball, four for 30. And Australia in response currently six for 176, needing 11 off the last over. Aaron Finch returning to form perhaps 79 or 54 deliveries. I know he's had his fair share of critics. He's been pretty good at the top of the order. And he and Mitch Marsh actually forged a pretty good partnership at the start. 64 runs for the opening stance. And the wickets have been shared as far as the Indian bowlers are concerned. And we'll obviously keep you up to date with what's happening in the Shield as well. Joining us on the line from the award-winning Australian Cricket Podcast is Paul Dennett. How are you, Paul? Hey, Damien. Good night. Yeah, not too bad, mate. I know you haven't really followed the warm-up match to a great degree, and I know there's probably not a lot of significance on it, but I suppose it'll be a good morale booster for the Australians if they were to get up and get the 11 runs off the last over. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, It's been good to see Aaron Finch get some runs. Um, It's probably a good performance by India as well. I mean, there's times gone by in their first... um, um, one of their early matches on Australian soil to play at the Gabba, they'd have got blown away. So to, for them to get such a, a impressive first um, first inning total is pretty good. So probably good signs for, for both of two of the big favourites in the tournament. How good has it been to see some of the middows in action at the moment? Scotland, they registered five for 160 off their 20 overs. So a respectable total given Scotland are considered a middow nation in cricket. And the Windies are three for 58 in response, needing 103 off 74 deliveries. Nick Puran and... Shamar Brooks at the crease at the present time. Obviously, we saw the Bibia upset Sri Lanka as well. That was something, in my view, Paul, that was missing from the 2019 One Day World Cup where they restricted the amount of nations participating. I know it was a very good tournament itself and a good climax, but that was the one thing that was missing from the One Day World Cup a few years ago. Is that one of the highlights for you coming into this T20 World Cup? And it's already shown to bear fruit. Absolutely. Um, I I think everyone was disappointed by the 2019 World Cup makeup, and it was basically that they wanted to ensure that India would get as many games as possible so that they could get the, the maximum value for the TV rights, because in the 2007 World Cup, India lost unexpectedly early on, and it was a disaster financially, but you have to grow the game, and I think T20 is the best, um, the best format for that, because it does bring the sides a little bit closer together. Uh, and a side like Namibia, um, you know, they did pretty well at the last World Cup, they made it into the, into the main stage. Uh, I gave them some hope of actually upsetting Sri Lanka, and I was telling people that, and then I felt like an idiot after the first 15 overs when Sri Lanka were utterly dominant. And then it was a, a really stunning turnaround, um, and I felt a bit bad because Kadinia Park, there was 
uh, a huge crowd. Um, Sri Lankans in you know full party mode, having a great time, and then. Um, the second half of the game it was an abject failure for them. So good to see Namibia doing well, and yeah, good to see Scotland um, uh, serving up to the West Indies a bit. Yeah, there any explanation? I know the T Twenty format is a fickle format at the best of times, but given Sri Lanka were obviously competitive, hosted that one day series as well earlier this year, which we've spoken about amidst their civil war. It was obviously great to have cricket up there in Australia, going up there as well amongst big crowds. How can a nation like that, a mad cricketing nation with a good and competitive playing list lose to a minnow like that in that sort of comprehensive fashion. Especially after they've just done so brilliantly at the Asian Cup. I think you've got to give some credit to Namibia. They've got a side full of, um, uh, with some really good South African talent. Um, they have been preparing for this um, hardcore. I was reading they've spent, you know, a, a year playing on synthetic bouncy pitches to, to get ready for Australian conditions. And, um, Sri Lanka basically said that they got it wrong in the last five overs. That they bowled um, back of the length early on, uh, kept the Namibians um, under wraps, and then bowled slower balls and pitched it up a little bit. And then uh, Jan Freilink and JJ Smith, two names I didn't expect to be saying, um, produced one of the, I think it's the third highest um, seventh wicket stand in the history of the tournament to, to blow them away. And then it wasn't the easiest pitch to chase on. And that, that um, from having Namibia looking like they were going to get no sort of total to get 164. Uh, once the pitch started to do a little bit, the pressure would have um, would have been pretty strong for the Sri Lankans. And you saw from the next match, both sides struggled to get much more than 100. It was a, it was a fairly difficult wicket, but still, there's no sugar coating. It's a massive disappointment for Sri Lanka. I'll tell you what, just in the warm-up match at the moment, Mohamed Shami's picked up two wickets at his first over. He's been deployed to bowl the last over, his first over of the game, and he's picked up two for four in the final over. So great depth bowling. The Aussies now nine for 180. And I think a team hat-trick has been registered as well as a result. So, effectively, nine for 180 Australia. And off the last delivery, well, I don't think they can win from here. So, the Indians look like they're going to get the chocolates. I'll keep you up to date with that. But just in relation to the T20 World Cup in general, we'll speak about Dave Water in just a moment. But what are your predictions for the tournament? The Aussies on home soil, obviously the rating champs as well. But there still seems to be this air of doubt amongst cricketing pundits as to how the Aussies will go. What are your expectations? We've got much higher expectations than we did ahead of last World Cup. Um, everyone was writing the Aussies off, and it was a huge surprise with, to, to many when they won. I, I think they do deserve to start as favourite. I think that player for player, they are probably just above England and India, in my opinion, especially in Australian conditions. It's a little bit of a worry that they've now, if they don't win this game, they've now had this game and the last game against um, England that they had kind of at their mercy and they couldn't quite ice the run chase. Um, but I think that when you look at the power hitters that we've got, uh, uh, Marsh, Stoinis, Tim David, um, plus obviously David Warner, um, and, you know, Aaron Finch came into a bit of form today, and of course Matthew Wade, that's a very, very powerful batting lineup. So Australia tend to produce when, when it matters the World Cup, so I, I think they're every chance of, uh, of winning. But as we spoke about earlier, on, on the day, anyone can win, and it ultimately comes down to hopefully. We'll make the semi-finals, and then it's a kind of a toss of the coin uh, twice after that. Yes, we're speaking with Paul Dennett from the Australian Cricket Podcast. Just quickly, India have defeated Australia by six runs. Mohamed Shami with his third wicket of the over, the last over, just clean bowling in the end. Here's compatriot Kane Richardson for a duck first ball. So a fantastic performance from Shami in the last over, ensuring that India win their warm-up match by six runs over Australia up at the Gabba in front of no one, though, but still obviously good from an optimistic point of view and morale throughout the Indian camp. 
In relation to Dave Water, there's been a lot of conjecture as to whether he can return to a captaincy role in the shorter format of the game and whether the ban on him taking a leadership role can be lifted by Cricket Australia. What are your thoughts? Because it seems like time is healing a little bit in that respect. I think it is. Um, and I, I think it's going to be very fascinating as to what they decide because they've got two kind of courses of action. One, um, bring him back into the fold and realise that um, potentially a lifetime ban in addition to the, the, the one-year ban that he had from playing, that a lifetime captaincy ban might have been over the top and that he is a dynamic captain. There's probably a little bit of self-interest in terms of if they want him to continue to play in the big bash in future years, do they kind of um, throw him a carrot in this way? Um, on the flip side, uh, you bring up all that extra debate. There'll be plenty of people um, who just won't have it. They'll be saying, no, he should never be in a captaincy position after what he did. Plus, he's not that young. The, the, the kind of conservative, um, safe option would be to say, well, Alex Carey's the vice-captain. He's a good player. Um, he can seamlessly t- uh, take over as the white ball captain and can do so for many years to come, whereas Warner might be more of a, um, a short-term appointment. I tend to think... Um, as much as I deplored the actions in, in South Africa, I tend to think I'd give him a go. I, I think it would be, um, you know, just just for that one year, um, the World Cup's in... Well, you could actually even, if you really wanted to, give him the captaincy of the T20 as well because the next T20 World Cup is in June of uh, 2024. So you could sort of have that time frame of him to be the captain of the white ball sides. And it would be exciting, I think, as, as a fan. And I'm... I'm, you know, time has healed enough for me that I'm um, very disappointed in what he did, but I, I think he's, he's served his time. It's amazing, isn't it, how attitude changes amongst the general consensus because in 2018 there was talk that he would never, ever pull on the Australian Guernsey again. So it's funny how attitude shifts and time does heal. We're speaking with Paul Dennett on the line. Just in relation to the Sheffield Shield, a couple of matches in progress at the moment, you speak about that whole saga back in 2018 in Cape Town. Cam Bancroft registered a century today for Western Australia. They're currently 5 for 290 at stumps on day one against Victoria out at the Junction Oval. Ultimately, Bancroft has been pretty good at shield level. He's somewhat of a conservative top-order player. Still nine boundaries. It is at 100 today off 201 deliveries. Do you think he could ever make it back at that Aussie side if he continues this sort of form? Uh, certainly could. Um, you know, there's... Um Plenty of players have come back from uh, situations where you might not, put, not, might not have thought they were going to come back. Um, I think that the thing counting against him is that his overall um, first-class average is, is only 37 and a half um, and a, a strike rate in the low 40s. So he's, he's kind of not regularly taking shield attacks apart. Um, that's not to say, though, that he's um, out of place at test level. Um, but I just think that um, there's probably others that are showing more promise. But um, you know, sort of Adam Voja, someone who'd had a very decent career, then towards the end, a real sting in the tail. He started up the standard and um, uh, played for Australia for a couple of years. So he's young enough that he could make him, you know, those slight improvements to, to technique. Um, and um, a second coming is, is not beyond the realms of possibility at all, although I'm probably not expecting it. Well, Paul, really appreciate your time. We look forward to the T20 Men's World Cup Australian campaign in earnest after they just went down to India in the World Cup warm-up match today. All the best, mate. Thanks again. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. 
Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.